Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. As the far only as we one. know. As far as we know. The only one. I'm I'm certain of it. Really? It's the only one. And in I the suppose world. if another one manages to uh, start up, then we will just sabotage them or buy them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they only got precious you know, Patreon dollars. Even if we don't do that, they only got about twenty years anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll still be the first one. Yes. Even if we're not the only one. Yes. Preeminence. Um so, yeah, uh, I am Ryan Mula, and I'm Christopher Mula, and uh, today we're talking about Maersk. 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 A name with two whole vowels in a row, and you don't use a si- damn single one of them. <laughs> yeah, apparently, um, I don't really get the running joke of the Danish language being like all fucked up. Oh but yeah, so the video you showed me was then. very funny. <laughs> so I knew these two Norwegian girls in grad school, um, and. Uh, uh, anyway, so so that was a long story um, that I didn't want to tell. But like, uh, they they confirmed what I had heard, which is that Scandinavians and Germans and everybody else, probably probably even the Dutch, um, make fun of the Danish for having like this fucking monstrous, unintelligible mumble language that nobody can fucking figure out. It's the mumble rap of languages. Yeah, yeah. Like I was I was watching this uh, German. Um, it's it's easy German on YouTube. I was, I was and they do like these really interesting, useful like German tutorials and shit where they like go around a city in in Germany or something and they kind of just have conversations where they subtitle everything. And da, 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 da. But they were like, so they did an episode in Denmark with i think it was a a girl who was german but had lived in denmark for several years at that point mm. and they're like so as a german speaker you know like has it been challenging like learning and using danish and she just kind of <laughs> laughed she's like yeah it's it's really different here uh, and and they're like okay so like the capital of denmark is is spelled something like o d e n s e and the german uh, host of the of the show she's like so you know, of course, in German, we would say Odenza, yeah. you know, and and how would you say that in, in Danish? And the girl's like, it's kind of like Onza <laughs> or like Onz. <laughs> and she's like, so basically you don't pronounce any of the word. <laughs> so it's kind of it's like, like how French is spelled. But yeah, that's exa- how it's exactly. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'm going to post that that sketch in the show description because it's it's too funny it's so fucking funny yeah Yeah. it's this thing about like like you'll watch it more than once i promise you yeah Yeah. these this guy like going into a shop and like trying to ask for something at a hardware store and neither of them know what they're talking about collapsing (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's great um so yeah today we're talking about mersk i'm just that's just something yeah that's pronounced i guess i I guess mersk or mersk 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 yeah Elon Um, mersk (laughs) which is uh (laughs) currently the world's largest shipping company um they're actually in several industries uh you know cargo shipping itself mm-hmm. freight forwarding mm-hmm. um training i didn't see if they do like if they have like port services or anything like that oh yeah port services like um like the sex trade yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh I you know, know you get in a port and that's what you do you know you you, you pay people for sex because you haven't done that in a while uh, you might be thinking of the uh red light district actually oh, yeah in, easy to easy mix port. up to make. Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, we don't have to talk about <laughs> that. Um, so, so they have freight forwarding. They have sh- actual shipping. Yeah, they do lots they of stuff. Training. So you let, said. let's let's start with how the hell does shipping actually work? Oh yeah, how does it work? Shipping is like ninety percent of the stuff moving around mm-hmm. industry in the world, mm-hmm. and I think most of us have 
no earthly idea how it works at all. Well, I have some theories. Yeah. But it kind of depends on whether you believe the earth is flat or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so most of us know the, the basics of it. You put stuff on a boat and then the boat goes to a place and then you take the stuff off the boat. Right. Um, and that's pretty much it. So we can pretty go simple. Move on. We could just let's just yeah. close the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mersk dominates that. <laughs> just taking stuff off the boat and yeah. uh, putting it, you know, in a, in a different place. Sounds like a lot of work. Um. So the first step to shipping is uh, having a ship. That's easily the first step, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, some would say that maybe there's some other ones that come before that, but right. I mean, we we can just completely ignore the fact that like massive amounts of labor and resource extraction and resource processing and fabrication lead to like the existence of a ship, right. you know, and all the technical expertise because like we're just assuming that, right? Like we don't have to pay those people because once yeah. the ship's there, that's when, that's when business really I mean, if you're starts. really thinking about it, like a priori, which is right. the best kind of reasoning, yes. of course, um, you don't want to look at reality. That's why there's an A in front of it stuff. because it's alpha, which is the best. Right. Right. Yeah. So a priori, you know, you would think that you would have to have a boat first. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's evidence enough. That, yeah. that's, you can't have that's an egg without mean. a chicken, obviously. Well, Wait. I, mean, I think you can have an egg with like a Don't dinosaur. give me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the egg in this story is, is a ship. Mm. Um, so shipbuilding is a, a really large industry. And uh, I was actually reading about this right before I had to leave uh, suddenly because <laughs> I yeah. didn't realize what time it was. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I only got to look at one country. So uh, in the country that makes the ships for Maersk currently, uh, South Korea, dun, dun, dun. they have three very large shipbuilding businesses, mm-hmm. uh, two, at least two of which you've heard of. Uh, the one that Maersk uses is called Daewoo. Mm-hmm. And they make Big the triple E class ships, which we'll talk about in a little E-E-E. bit. Yeah. Um, and the other two are Hyundai and Samsung. So, but those are small brand names that you probably haven't heard of. Uh, they might they might have a few brands that you interacted with, but they're pretty obscure. Yeah, I've heard of like, Galaxy S, but Galaxy yeah. Ship. <sighs> what the hell? What that that's some kind of weird Tim Allen shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does Hyundai make again? Motorcycles or something? Something like that. It's like yeah, yeah, like scooters. Or oh, they something. make the they make that great car, the Tiburon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make that mm-hmm. one. I think they make the Veloster. Veloster. Yeah. Veloster? I hardly knew her. <laughs> God. God damn it. <laughs> um, so that's all I really have for the section of having a ship. I think that's pretty yep. self-explanatory. Yep. So it goes on top of the water to usually. Shipping. Sometimes when it goes under the water, then that's a bad situation. Yeah. I do um, know they build them in dry docks, which I think are just big, like, mm-hmm. kind of like car lifts, but for boats. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Have you ever... I think car lifts came first, and then they invented dry docks later. But I might be wrong about that. I actually don't know. I feel no. I feel like dry docks might have been because cars, as we know them, were not invented until 200 BC. Right. 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 Which was long after the ship. Long after the ship. I think they built ships in the water before. So I feel like, and I might be wrong, but one of the Phoenician shit. I think one of the Phoenician, maybe even Carthage. they had car lifts? They had, uh, yeah, car lifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they had some kind of dry dock or something similar because that was one of their um, like uh, competitive advantages. Um, 
Okay. Was that they would be able to just be like, oh yeah, bring it in, just like, blah, 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 and then like they drain all the water out or, or whatever it was they yeah. did. But that could be me just like talking out my ass because I read too much of like Ripley's Believe It or Not or something. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the other alternative is you just build it on regular dry land yeah. and like yeah. roll it in with like logs or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, rolling with logs was very common for a lot of people, you know, the Vikings, of course. Um, or you, since hit, we're recording you hit it up this, to your trailer on your F-150 and you yeah. just pull it down to the to the boat launch. Right, exactly. Yeah. And just tighten those nuts with your hands. Right. You know, that's how I do it. Yeah, but, same here. Um, but, I mean, since we're recording this live, uh, we would love for you to just call in and correct us <laughs> if you know better. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, go ahead and give us a call. Yeah, it's 1-800-555-5555. Now, that is not the number, but... Um, <laughs> I don't actually have the number on me, so I'll, I'll have to get back to you about that. Um, so I'll I'll go ahead and put that number in the show notes. And then uh, when you listen to the episode, just give that number a call mm-hmm. and uh, correct us. And uh, you'll, you'll be in the episode. You'll be a guest on the show. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think he's actually serious about that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so after you have your boat... Um, you know, you put it in a port and people like, have to get stuff on your boat. <laughs> I feel like we're writing a WikiHow article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After you have your boat and there's like a sort of washed out looking smiley person who's just got a boat. <laughs> like, I got to find one of those funny WikiHow pictures <laughs> yes. and put, put that That's going to be it. Yes. Okay. WikiHow to Marisk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, once the boat is sitting there ready for stuff to be put on it, mm. um, you know, people need to know how to do that. Right. If like if you had to ship Harder a bunch than of you think. If you had to ship a bunch of pallets of iPhones to Nairobi, I think it's safe to say you probably wouldn't have any idea how to do it. Yeah, I mean, most people don't know where Nairobi is, and I mean that like logistically and in terms of navigation, like right. we can look at a map and be like, "Well, there's Nairobi, you fucking idiot." But like you you try to get there from anywhere else in the world right. and most like what, people what will ports, die what ports service nairobi right like well, how do i get there how do where I get is permission? a port yeah exactly <laughs> have any, has any right. of you been to a port i haven't <laughs> right right and, and and actually i guess i sort of have i've been to i've been next to a port in wilmington mm. the one featured in the movie iron man 3 actually oh yeah in, in the, the last scene watch. of the movie yeah um you, so could, you can spoil it for me yeah but i don't know about our listeners well the spoiler is uh there's they part win. of the movie in a port. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So that's well, fuck. That ruins everything. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. It pretty much does tell you the whole story of the yeah. movie. Um, yeah. They do a lot of filming in, in Wilmington. Um, there used to be a big, a bigger movie industry there, but uh, the good old Republican governor decided to end the film industry subsidies, so he could keep the liberal voters out. It's it's funny how they'll take money away from things that would normally make money. And yet they're the business party, and you just gotta wonder why. Yeah, I think it's so they can cement their power. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> what What do we know? <laughs> um, so, so if you know Nairobi, is a so even if you thing. know mm-hmm. where a port is, right. even if you've been to one, mm-hmm. uh, you probably still wouldn't know how to fill out like a bill of lading mm-hmm. or. a uh, customs declaration exactly. or any of that shit exactly you wouldn't know like how to actually take the stuff there who you needed to talk to yep so that's where freight forwarding comes in mm-hmm. and that is a whole industry of getting stuff from uh point a to point b which is a port 
Right. And like setting up all the documentation that you need to get your thing to uh, the other place. And this is actually one of the interesting things about shipping is that it really clarifies. uh, I like to say this a lot, I guess, but like it clarifies the like necessity of the relationship between the business and the state yeah. is that that documentation is all very legalistic. And yeah, a lot of it is, a, is accounting and inventory, Yeah, but a lot of it is also like the kind of duplicate triplicate bullshit that you go through with a bureaucracy, right. like a state bureaucracy. Um, a lot, and, a lot of regulatory itself, stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's so funny again with like Republicans and shit, they're like, ah, oh, blah, 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 job creators. And you're like, you know, who's a big job creator, the fucking government, because <laughs> they're like, somebody has to process these stacks and stacks and stacks of paper or, digital files or whatever the fuck right because if if they don't then we won't have some idea of certainty that there's not like endangered fucking animals in this pallet on right. this ship you know yeah. and that's not endangered animals only right exactly yeah. we we only want the animals that we are free to murder on a daily basis right right deer pigeons right, right. and which won't incur Probably like some other ones. uh reactive uh, like a like a retaliatory war with some ally or something. Right. That's really all it comes down yeah. to. No, like you know? nukes yeah. going through the right. Exactly. Board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, unless we want them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wrote this section thinking that freight forwarding was only getting stuff to the port and then hmm. filling out the stuff to go to the destination. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I think it also includes. I mean, the name doesn't suggest this unless you take forwarding in a different sense. But like, mm. it also includes. I think taking stuff from the ship to its final destination. Because oh, kind of like when you're outside of the the harbor and you the, need to get it in on the two side. Uh-huh. They're uh, they're on the from side as well as on the two side. Right. Because I was reading about how um, cargo ships are unloaded and the containers get unloaded by a crane mm-hmm. and put on a truck mm-hmm. and then the truck goes to a distribution center run by a freight forwarding company. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. And then they take it to where it needs to go. Hmm. Hmm. Um. And 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 so if I'm uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, is this similar to the uh, apparent truth that I semi learned from the show on Netflix called uh, Cathedral of the Sea, where they explain in episode like two that um, Barcelona, having no natural harbor, relies on a bunch of small boats to carry shit from the ship to the shore and from the shore to the ship. Is that kind of what freight forwarding also involves? Do we know that? Um, I don't know that for sure, but okay. I know that practice is called transshipment. Transshipment. That's that's yeah. the fucking term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so that's basically taking stuff off of a big boat and mm-hmm. putting it onto a smaller boat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And vice versa. So I didn't know that about Spain. That's that's interesting. I think it was just Barcelona. Oh, just based, Barcelona. based on okay. what I heard in this, what I saw in the series. Okay. You know? Well, they have like a bunch of land around them. Do they, do they know about that? Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to like write them a whole letter. Yeah, in, my Spanish is Barcelonian. Very good, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Barcelonian. Yeah. So basically, freight forwarding uh, is being plugged into the shipping network and understanding how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, but not like us, like yeah. real professionals. Yeah, and. <laughs> And that kind of highlights another aspect of political economy that's really underemphasized mm-hmm. in, I mean, really any economics education, which is like a lot of business is just knowing the right people. That is correct. Yeah. It's yep. not all just commodity production. Yep. Or. And therein lies class ossification. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like you couldn't, 
I don't. I don't think you could just go to a school to learn freight forwarding. <laughs> I, I feel like you kind of could. I mean, if you can, like it's the, probably run by Maersk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would <laughs> probably not be teach like, you enough to uh, take down their <laughs> right. own business, right? And and it would probably be. Uh, I'm sure that we could find some kind of like you know, fucking you know, Swedish school of freight forwarding, Institute of Technology yeah. of the Royal Oil Supply, blah blah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And then you'd go, and but like only Swedish people fucking go there or something, you know? Yeah, they're like bork, 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 and you're like, the, is that participles or is that a whole sentence? It's just what is? How does that work? <laughs> um, so yeah, so you have to be plugged into the into the shipping network to know this, and yeah, like Chris said, it's very uh, class oriented. You have to be yep. kind of part of that class. Mm-hmm. Um, but freight forwarding is kind of a relatively new industry. Um, you know, for as long as shipping has been around, freight forwarding has not been around that long. Probably because I, w- I would guess the reason for that is the main users of shipping back in the day would be states. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they just have people that, that already know how to use the shipping network because they basically built it themselves. Right. Yeah. I, well, that was definitely true of... Um at least unofficially true of like a lot of, I think we were talking about like riffing on like privateers earlier um, uh, where it was like, Oh, that's just like fucking state piracy. That's just cops, you know? But it's the same kind of like, it's the same kind of um, knowledge base and, and practice. And, and, you know, you get a bunch of people who can sail and they sail because, you know, maybe they start off in small boats and small ships and stuff, but like, you know, or they get pressed and forced to do shit, whatever the fuck. But yeah, it's it's manned by a bunch of fucking like royal geeks, you know, yeah. who are uh, associated with the gentry or the or the aristocracy and often are part of those classes, you know? Right. I mean, you could just look at the like the founders of Maersk. Mm-hmm. Two guys named Muller. Oh is, yeah. That was that was to explain the joke that we made at the beginning. <laughs> yes. That was that's what the We're joke all is. Mullers now. Yeah, everyone in every <laughs> single person in Denmark's last name is Muller. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh yeah, so they like they basically just passed the business down to their kids. Yeah. So which is unsurprising. Right. So that's who controls shipping is the child of the person who is a shipping magnet in, you know, the 20th century. Yep. Um so yeah, freight forwarding, new industry. Um, the first freight forwarding business was called Thomas Meadows and Company Limited of London, England, <laughs> and was established in 1836. Yeah, the company names back in the day were dog shit, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Just awful. They're like, well, I mean, I, we have to lo- in- include the location. We have to include our, our middle names, you know, obviously, you know, um, the place where we were born, um, the, the kind of hats we like to wear, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Otherwise, people will never recognize us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a company that's uh, headquartered on on uh, Route 28 near my house mm-hmm. called Wearaware. Oh fuck, Wearaware. <laughs> Wear-o-ware. Uh, Isn't that cool? It's in the same building as. It's not the word I would use. But <laughs> uh, Gen Genesis, which uh-huh. is spelled like Genesis. Yep. I actually, which also is evocative of the company from Terminator. Yes, yes. I actually applied <laughs> to a job everything. at Genesis. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And the recruiter was like, a f- like, he corresponded me with like m- with me once, and then I never heard from him again. It was like very unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys fucking suck. Like, I get that you're in some kind of tech or something, but right. like, eh, you know, <laughs> fucking 
fucking tell people when you don't want to talk to them anymore. I don't know. Yeah. So the earliest freight forwarding companies uh, mainly just contracted other, uh, you know, individuals or companies to move goods to a local port. And then they had like just an advisory role in the documentation of shipments. So they weren't like filling stuff out for you. Right. They just stood there. Yeah. And they you they told it. you how to fill it out. Right. They didn't really. Like, oh, you, uh, you, uh, you missed an eye. Yeah. <laughs> you missed a dot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're using a uh, blue pen. You should be using a black pen. Yeah. So once uh, powered ships and railroads became common and reliable, they always say steamships, but it's like. Nobody calls them steamships anymore. They're powered <laughs> like, ships. Like, like literally, like nuclear power. It, it, unless I'm extremely mistaken, like doesn't nuclear power itself still produce fucking steam? Yeah, yeah. To to move the rotors, but we don't call it fucking steam power. Right, right. That's like coal steam power. Yeah, is steam power. Right. Yeah. Now it's like no, it's nuclear or it's fossil fuel or something like that. And like the type of ship that they are, like just because it's they're now used using diesel. Yeah, it does. It's not like that makes right. them a different class of ships yeah. than steamships. So it's just like yeah, powered ships. Once powered ships and railroads became mm-hmm. common and reliable, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot more demand for international shipping because mm-hmm. you could just s- sail straight through the fucking ocean instead of having to follow ocean currents and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so freight forwarding evolved into like more of a business to business B two B industry, uh, managing mm-hmm. shipments between different countries. Right. Um, and so now today. Um, you know, they're hooked into all these like online systems that they literally just like fill out all your shit for you. You know, you tell them what your goods are, tell them the stuff that you need to send and where. And it's not a bad life. Yeah. Some, some of the, some freight forwarding businesses, like some of the smaller ones will, um, specialize in like a specific, like s- couple routes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like so if you go on the Wikipedia article really, for freight forwarding, really it's like, that. it's like this, uh, business in China. Mm-hmm. That specializes in shipping to Russia and Kazakhstan. Oh. So, and it's just like a little storefront. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute in like a like a dingy way. Right, right. <laughs> dingy little global shipping place. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like that would that's got to be in One Piece at some point, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, it's been so long since I saw the show, but it was great. Um, yeah. So. So uh, yeah. Maersk is in the freight forwarding business. It's not the largest freight forwarder, but it's in the like top oh, yeah. 20. Right. It's it's I'm up sorry. there. Yeah. It I think clout. I think the top one is like some um, some French company or something. Um, anyway. French Maersk. Um, so another, another thing to know about modern shipping. Uh, first of all, um, it operates on containerization, which, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've all seen shipping containers before, yep. uh, most likely in the form of some uh, upper middle class asshole trying to live in one <laughs> for no reason at all. Right, right. Uh, which does not what work. Fucking lark. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're a homeless person and then it probably works okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got you to yeah. get it right. If you have money to buy a house, don't buy a shipping container. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't work very well. Um, but it's, c- it's just rich people trying to get laid, basically. <laughs> Um, but ca- containerization is kind of new. Um, I don't know where I put this in the notes, but the first container ship actually did not um, sail until like 1950. Yeah. D- was it you that I was talking to about containerization, how that s- got kicked off? Um, possibly. I don't, I don't know. So so if we could, if we could like break off into like my very little knowledge of this, but which is I think key. 
So I was listening to this audio book a little while back um, called the uh, what is it? The Death and Life of the Great Lakes, something like that. And it's um, it's it's actually pretty dismal because it's about like the interaction of of um, human settlement and business, like like you know quote unquote free market enterprise and like unregulated industry and the Great Lakes ecosystem, like generally. Okay. And how whether through people just being ignorant and dumb and just trying to clear farmland or whatever or trying to fish and also like the abuses of major industry and industrial players in that area um we've basically completely destroyed the great lakes ecosystem like three or four times in a row (laughs) and it's it's really sad and kind of horrific to understand how that all happened right yeah yeah um but along the way in this audiobook they explained that containerized shipping um became a factor in this because of course the great lakes is this vast system of of you know navigable water yeah to major parts of the u.s and canada mm-hmm. um which has access to the atlantic through the st lawrence seaway and so Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so okay. so they they managed to create like more access through some kind of engineering and canals and locks and stuff, which was a big part of like how they fucked it all up I see. because they didn't understand that they were accidentally <clears throat> introducing species across the waters, oh, okay. shit like that. And yeah. so like that's actually half of the ecological destruction that's been happening for the last like century or two is that um yeah, it's what they call, you know, like invasive species basically happens. Yeah. And it kept happening. It kept happening. It kept happening. And they were like, well, maybe if we do this and then they do something, it would kind of work. And then something else would happen. And it was yeah. just this cascade effect. And so it was just this awful, awful thing. I think they just need to introduce as many invasive species as possible. Right. And then and they'll just, just compete with each right, other. Capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Invasive species capitalism. Um, yeah. And then viral like, capitalism. Right. Right. <laughs> we just end up with like a, just like a gigantic, like, weird alien like like lake worm that just eats everything organic <laughs> that sounds and, awesome yeah i mean i would fuck pay to see hell. that you know throw our yeah. politicians in there but, sounds delicious actually right <laughs> <laughs> close in the dark and everything yeah <laughs> um only response to um fervent prayer yeah but, i heard um, if you eat too many of those things then your skin glows yeah 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 but who wouldn't want that when you're going to like that's a sex true party? yeah know? well i mean if you're trying to be stealthy like if you're in the like assassination industry right. or Right. Something like that. You would right. you wouldn't want your skin to glow. Right. But otherwise You only get murdered in broad daylight from now on. <laughs> yeah. Strictly vegetarian diet for those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but the containerized shipping, they they talked about how some guy in I think in that area actually in the Midwest uh, the Great Lakes area, um, he was a like a truck driver, you know, trucker, and went past these um docks like day in day out or like on regular trips and would see the old way of packing a ship which was kind of just like the way you pack your suitcase where you're like i'm gonna throw it all in there and then oh that doesn't quite fit i'll take them all out again or like put a put a few more in and and just kind of sort it sort of yeah it would take like months to load a ship months to load a ship and and they said that sometimes the the packing the ship on on just on the on the uh, departure end would actually take longer than the, than the voyage of the ship itself. Yeah. And it was bonkers. And so and that's he was when just, ships were hella slow. Yeah. yeah. So it was like fucking, it would take maybe a year sometimes apparently. And that's this guy's wild. just driving his truck past this thing every fucking day or every few days and watching this. And he's like, ha, ha, wow, that looks like a lot of work. What a pain in the ass. And then like 20 years later, he goes, wait a minute. I got this semi truck and it has this uniform space that I ship all the fucking time. What if we came up with... And so what he if basically we put trucks on the ship. Basically, yeah, he came up with like, what if we took the container part of the truck 
and just did that. And so it was all pre-packed at oh, the distribution Oh, just the container notes. part. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you take then the you wheels have to have off. a bunch of engines on there. Exactly. You take really the wheels off and you take the, the cabin oh, off. The, and then oh, the you wheels know, too? Yeah, right, okay. right. And then just... Um, well, and eventually this you guy's just way ahead of me, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you have to get the driver out too because that would be oh, kind of a mess. Yeah, you would have yeah. to take a lot of people with you. Right. Those 20,000 container ships, you'd have 20,000 drivers. Right. Can you imagine that? Paying their salary while the ship is going to and from China? Right. That's crazy, dude. Insane. Yeah. Really smart to take those guys off of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And all those <laughs> wheels, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know where the part that. Oh, yeah. Sealand. Yeah. Sealand is the company that operated the first container ship. Okay. Um, and that company existed until 1999. Damn. When it was acquired by Merck. It's a good run. Yeah. Good run. Yeah. Um, okay. So back down to what we were talking about. Yeah. So the thing with containerization is like. Yeah, it just makes everything easier to manage. Yeah. And that's like a huge part of like any <clears throat> process of state building is Yep. I think I think I've probably mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah, a couple times now. Yeah, standardization. Mm-hmm. Um like yeah, sometimes I kind of think that like money is is a standardization of the process of like transferring political power Absolutely. and legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like <clears throat> like fractional containers, yeah. you know. Um, I think I actually made a, a reference to containers as an analogy to money units, like currency units once, but whoever I was talking to was like, ah, that's great, man. And they got another beer, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, shit, another, it's midnight, you know, another thing that people don't think about, um, that I think was invented in the 19th century, uh, mm-hmm. when trains and, and powered ships became more common, yeah. uh, which is time zones Oh, that did fuck. not yeah. exist until very recently yeah because before there was just like a local time for like a city did you know that there was actually popular resistance to the imposition of time zones really yeah that's cool so like because people were like no that's not real (laughs) yeah they were literally just like that's not real (laughs) they're like yeah you're you're telling me that it's seven o'clock now well according to our fucking clocks which we based on the fucking sun it's 637 yeah right and then the, this the government's clock like, has been here yeah. for two thousand years, <laughs> yeah. you motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, right. You uppity motherfuckers! <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so they were like, there were fucking protests and resistance and all this shit. People <laughs> would not use the time zones and they would not standardize. And I think it took government fucking intervention. I'm, I'm imagining someone in the street being like, "Excuse me, sir, do you have the time?" And he tells them like the time zone yeah. time, and everyone's like, "Fucking bootlicker! Oh, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! It's six thirty-six, you asshole!" <laughs> right? <laughs> you kick somebody to death in the gutter. <laughs> We're fucking saying it's a different time, you know. <laughs> fucking ring kissing little punk. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Suddenly, everybody's shitting on the company clock, you know. Yeah, you know, um, the standardized company <laughs> clock. So, with the advent of containerization, um, ships transform from having like like cargo holds mm-hmm. um, to just being like uh, like a flatbed yep. with a bunch of boxes on top of it. Yeah. And that is an interesting transformation. Yeah, what do um, they put in the in the hold now? Like a bunch of cotton swabs, or like probably like fuel and like shit. Are I are like I wonder how much fuel one of these boats has? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's, that's not something that's I looked good, up. I thought about it question. earlier, but yeah. I was just like, I should look at other stuff instead, or play this video game. Or maybe it's like three thousand Phoenician rowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> um, so. With the advent of containerization, uh, there was two different types of uh, shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. Um, so in modern shipping, um, you can have either full container load or less than container load. So mm-hmm. 
Um, if you're shipping a ton of stuff, most of the the stuff can be put in their own containers. You don't have to share them with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if you're not shipping a whole lot, which like uh, I just shipped, uh, I just received a box of tea that I shipped from China. Yeah, it took like two months exactly. Actually, it's not bad. <laughs> pretty long it was much longer than i expected yeah yeah well in this day well the last the last couple of orders i got from that site i i didn't realize that i was picking like air shipping Um, which was only like right it's only like five dollars more right because of like the sort of out of out of like a 35 dollar shipping charge already Uh so it's like "Eh, well what's an extra five dollars yeah you know um so i picked surface shipping this time and it took two months and i was like where the fuck (laughs) is my tea (laughs) Damn. <laughs> because they had to walk up through Russia and then over. Right. right. Over the. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would have been a less than container load. Right. Uh, shipment. Because it's just my box. Right. So it's it's in a container like, with a bunch of other I'm just boxes. Imagining, I was going to say. I'm just imagining just your tiny box of tea in the corner of this container. And there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And it's just another five bucks, you know. And they're like, yeah, this one. Dong, dong, yeah. dong. I'm so baller. I get FCL shipping for my, <laughs> my uh, two pound box of tea. <laughs> right, right. VIP container. This things hold like three tons. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So uh, if you ship a container with only your stuff, it's F- FCL. And that's, mm fairly easy to manage you know right. one container is going to one place but right. if you ship an lcl container of stuff then that involves tracking all of the goods that are inside of it right which i think that's a responsibility that falls on port or on freight forwarders uh yeah that would make sense yeah not because the they ship. have to then break it up and the ship figure only it out has to care about actually getting the containers them. on and off the ship and stuff right yeah right um so I mean, FCL is the norm for most mm-hmm. shipments today because mm-hmm. most shipments are by large businesses, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but since containerization didn't exist prior to 1950, right? Um, LCL is kind of just how shipping used to work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just stuff all your shit in there with right. everybody else's shit. But it's still kind of easier because mm-hmm. they're still separated into discrete packages. So like, right. Even if you have a whole boatload of LCL, yeah, uh, ship uh, shipments. Uh-huh. You still can like break it down into smaller into like discrete packages, yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's easier to manage too. Yeah, um, yep. but I think also like most shipping containers are not like stuffed to the rafters with stuff. Yeah, there's probably some kind of you know standardization, right. uh, some regulation about like, well, we only fill it so high or with such and such. Yeah, levels of yeah, yeah kind of wonder about that i'm sure they put the heaviest shit on the bottom like well and plus shipping to, is just know? so cheap that yeah there's no reason to like stuff at that high you know yeah yeah um you know if you're just getting a few extra things out of it then what right. does it matter you think that like there's gonna be another boat <laughs> do, you, do you think that like these container guys i mean they're using cranes and shit obviously but i was just thinking about how hilarious it'd be if they also complain about like stuffing a like a container full of like just books you know, yeah. the way we fucking bitch about, like, when we have to ship our books. The crane arm sinks a right? little bit. He's like, ah, fucking everybody with their books, you know. And this other one's full of you know, full of feathers and dreams, you know. <laughs> yeah, I prefer that one. Yeah. Um. So, another section that I did not get to finish. Uh, the actual travel part. So, once stuff is on the boat, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think we got to that part of the, we, the trip. We, we flushed that We, we pretty out. much did. Yeah. Uh, once stuff is on the boat. Uh, you know, Crane takes it on there, puts it on there, and uh, the boat gets tugged out. The ocean is wide open, but uh, shippers create lanes where they regularly travel. So they have like a set route that they tend yeah, to go to. Yeah, it's got to be a fucking bitch painting the lanes, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, maintaining all those signs yeah. and the like, all the gantries that go right. over it, so you know which highway right. you're on and stuff. Right, and the turnoffs and everything. Yeah, yeah. So where were we? Yeah, powered ships powered and stuff. Ships shipping going lanes. Too fast for the cops. Yeah. So Something prior like to that. powered ships, shipping lanes. When all the boats were on sails and Phoenician rowers, because mm-hmm. as we know, all rowers in the world were Phoenician. They had the right. best ones. Right. Um, the best. Yeah. So shipping lanes were, you know, they could be like long and winding because mm-hmm. they had to follow certain winds and ocean mm-hmm. currents and they couldn't, they couldn't just plod right through the middle of the Atlantic Ocean right. willy nilly. Pretty prohibitively difficult. It'd be kind of suicidal. A little bit dis- even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now that we have powered ships, you can just turn your engine up and just go in a straight line. Yeah. And so yeah. if you look at a map of shipping routes mm-hmm. around the world, they're pretty much all just straight lines or slightly curved lines. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so the travel part currently in the in this era of essentially free energy spewing out <laughs> yep. of the ground constantly. Yep. Um, Quote unquote travel's free. very easy. You just go in a straight uh-huh. line. Uh-huh. So there's not much to that. Must be nice. Um, yeah, I think I think operating a, a cargo shipping route is mainly the having a boat part. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So contrary to what we usually say about you know capital being all about you know, finance and power and stuff. Right. Uh, if you're moving goods around the world, uh, you actually do need to have a boat to do mm-hmm. that. Um, yes. That's that's an important part. And that's probably the main thing yes. for that type of company. That said, we may get to the finance part, uh, which is uh, crucial based on some of the stuff that I was looking at, but we can move forward with our... Yeah, the last step here, Yeah, um, which is arriving at the port. So, mm-hmm. once a container ship arrives at port, mm-hmm. it pulls up to a quay, which I think... A key? It, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, a key? <laughs> <laughs> I like quay better. It sounds kind of cool. It's kind of like when you spell jail, G-A-O-L. It's kind of like when you're a stupid ass in yeah. Spanish 1, <laughs> and you're like, K? No, that's quay, man. Yeah, that's quay. Quay. Yeah. Get it? It's yeah. a funny joke that the Way teacher's so never Doritos. heard before in her whole yeah. entire life. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so it pulls up to a dock, which is pronounced "dock." Dick, Dick. Well, we are Danish now, so yeah. Dirk. Dirk, 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 Dirk. You have to swallow both the vowel and the consonants. That's that's the new non-racist version of Durka. <laughs> yeah. Remember that joke in the two thousands, Durka Durka. Yes. Yeah. So Dirk, 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 Dirk means you're pulling up to the dock. Yep. That's what you say when you pull up in your. Mm. Merck triple E class. That's right. E E E. Like Dirk Dirk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, God, the Danish are gonna love us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't be racist to them. Exactly, and they're, they're probably white, used to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure they take it on the chin. Oh, all probably the time. okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know why I said the containers. That's pretty stupid. Um, pretty uh, pretty loaded when I wrote these notes. I, I gotta say, <laughs> loaded like. A container ship. Yes, yes, I was loaded like a container ship you, when I wrote these notes. Were you uh, fully loaded? Let's say or an FCL less load. Than fully loaded. Exactly. <laughs> an FCL load. Yeah. This in, is now slang brain. for dorks. Yeah. Whether you were fully or less than fully loaded. <laughs> um. So the the <laughs> ships may sit at the dock to be inspected by. Oh no! It was containers actually. So I'm making my phone on myself for no reason. Um. Yeah. The containers. Just merciless. The, the ships. Merciless. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, the, the ship can actually sit in port 
this is in another part, but I'm just going to say yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, just, just keep going. Uh, the yeah, ship can actually sure. sit in port for like hours or days um, because there's like a lot of congestion there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically pulled up by a tug and then a crane unloads the containers. Mm-hmm. And those containers either go directly onto a flatbed truck. Right. They have these cool trucks that have like these little like arms to keep the containers from sliding off. And, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Or they just put them in stacks like on the on the dock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or they just take them to another ship do, doing transshipment stuff. Mm, mm. Um, but the trucks then, uh, like we said earlier, uh, take the cargo to a freight forwarder's distribution center mm-hmm. um, or somewhere else. And so... <laughs> like the black market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes they just dump them in the ocean. Yeah, just... You know? <laughs> like, oh, thanks for all the cargo. Right, yeah, uh, this is boring. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because of the massive volume of cargo that's shipped around the world today, uh, mostly because of containerization and globalization, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's all this heavy congestion, which causes delays. Right. So the delays uh, result in ships sitting at anchor, mm-hmm. waiting for an open berth to unload their shit. Yep. Um, and so that has uh, can have a really strong effect because the way businesses operate today, mm-hmm. uh, they use a system called just-in-time. For both oh, production yeah. and just in time, yeah, and like inventory systems, yep. like uh, I don't remember what they call it for. I, I guess shipping. They call it just in time shipping. Yeah, so that basically means that uh, businesses keep like minimal inventory, mm-hmm. and they produce and ship on demand rather than like in anticipation of demand. So right. instead of having big warehouses full of stuff, they have big warehouses uh, where stuff is just like constantly being pushed through. Right. I guess not as big warehouses where stuff is just being pushed through. But uh, so that means when there's a shipping delay, um, businesses have shortages faster because they don't keep as much on hand to pad out right. the, any possible delays. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I'm 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 guessing that like uh, you know so in, in in traditional shipping right you know we're talking right now. Uh, the, the the container congestion because there's such a steady supply then they'll get congested. Um, at the at the docks at the keys etc yeah. um <clears throat> and then uh, businesses that are relying on just in time will experience like frequent small fragmentations versus traditional shipping where things took fucking forever and to get even a full load across so people would go through uh massive uh you know long periods of time in which they would be out of supply yeah right so now it's like we just kind of have this like fragmented but fairly consistent yeah we just assume shipping. that it's always going to work right yeah yeah because we have faith in god and capitalism yeah. is in the Which bible means everything is yeah. very ripe for collapse oh yeah if there's any like long-term major interruption in fuel yeah which could happen very soon yeah um lots of stuff's going to shut down probably going to run out of food pretty quickly yep although i guess not not in not in western countries because that podcast I was listening to on the way over here, mm-hmm. the guy was talking about this is about is this money on the left is the name of the podcast. Oh yeah, the, yep. Yeah, and um, this guy was talking about how in post-colonial um, Middle Eastern and African countries, yep, um, they were trying to uh, do food exports like uh, prior to decolonization mm-hmm. or independence, I guess, because it wasn't really decolonization. <laughs> right. Um, these countries were like the bread baskets of the respective European colonizers. And right. 
when they became independent, mm-hmm. the European former colonizers, well, current colonizers, God, uh, <laughs> former and current, <laughs> yeah, uh, they ha- they actually instituted a policy of not importing food. Uh-huh. So most food production in Western countries is domestic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and that's yeah, like yeah, a there's yeah. like a national security motivation it's, it's behind a whole that. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old autarky. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you're like a longshoreman, uh, mm-hmm. then you can very easily shut down the economy oh, yeah. by um, refusing to work. Be a comrade. And yeah, causing even longer shipping delays and fucking up all the inventories of every store everywhere. Think about it, longshoreman. (laughs) Just think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Give us a call if you're a longshoreman. Yep. Uh, And if you know how to pronounce anything in Danish. (laughs) Yeah, if you know any longshoreman, tell them to listen to this episode. Yeah. 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 And uh, wish him a Dirk Dirk from us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You'll be rewarded handsomely in heaven. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the final thing I have here is just the fact that um, there's like sh- there's like port service, uh, there's like a port service industry because mm-hmm. uh, once these cargo ships are in port, they have to be refueled, right. provisioned with stuff for the crew mm-hmm. uh, when they're at sea, and they have to be moved around with mm-hmm. tugboats because they don't they can't move around themselves. They don't have trawling motors like yeah. like real boats do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So. Let's see. We got some other topics. Yeah. So let's before it gets too weirdly awkwardly late into here, and we're already at an hour. So oh, we are at an hour. That's nice. Pretty close to that yeah. point uh, by now. Let's go into the origins of origins. Mersk. The first thing that we should have done, but yeah, uh, didn't. But, but first, that's okay. Before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break. Yeah, that's a good idea. To piss and beer. Okay. Yeah. So we're back now. We are back. Uh, slightly more buzzed. Uh, yep. Yep, we uh, rammed our heads against the wall. Yeah, until we came up with better ideas. Right, yeah. exactly. So, the origins of Maersk, the Danish shipping company dark, dark. that dominates the world. Uh, so, uh, the first part of its origins are is uh, P and O, which is a British company formed in 1837, operating mm-hmm. shipping routes from England to Spain and Portugal. Uh, after the first Opium War, which was uh, from 1839 to 1841. And if you don't know what that is, that's uh, a, w- a series of conflicts between uh, Britain and China over their policy of importing opium. Yep. So the British basically destroyed a bunch of ships until yeah. <laughs> China agreed to an unequal treaty where they would accept opium shipments from the British. Yeah. This was the... Uh, the original crack epidemic. I was just going to say, this was basically a very, like, a real drug war where they were like, yeah. look, we want to sell you the drugs. Yeah. And you're going to buy This is them. the real peer pressure yeah. that they told you about yeah. in D.A.R.E. class. Yeah. <laughs> we will go to war with you to make you, make you take opium. And the, then, and the then we'll profit like, off of it. Hey, governor, <laughs> smoke this opium, mate. <laughs> They'll make you sort of lie down for a while. But I don't, wa- but I don't want anything. to. <laughs> smoke the fucking opium, mate. <laughs> oh, shoot, your city full of holes. <laughs> um, I think that's what the movie It Man is about. It's about the first opium war. I don't know. I can't remember. I just know that every time I watch it's that movie, vintage. I turn into a Chinese nationalist. I'm like, fuck <laughs> right. these motherfucking British yeah. people. Kill them all. <laughs> Hell yeah, Wing Chun rules. Uh, so during the, uh, after the Opium War, uh, P&O started shipping hundreds of thousands of chests of opium to China. Uh, in 1840, mm-hmm. it received a royal charter to oh, do this, cool. which is pretty cool. Uh, 
Um, during the 20th century, fast forward just, just a little bit, uh, it made numerous acquisitions. It started operating passenger ships, and uh, in 2000, it divested this part of the business, the passenger part, to form P&O Princess Cruises, which you may have heard of, mm. uh, which would later merge with Carnival, Carnival. to form... Uh, the largest cruise line Princess in the world. Princess Cruises, funded by the Opium War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and in 2005, uh, P&O sold its shipping business to Maersk. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I guess I didn't even say well, like how Maersk itself started, but... Uh, yeah, that was just a totally different thing. Yeah, I didn't even write together. it down. Hey, very smart hey, of me. Why? Very smart. Um, <laughs> Who's counting? So I don't know exactly what year Maersk started, but it was started by two Danish motherfuckers. Yep. Uh, both named Muller, A.P. A- Muller, mm. and uh, Trent Muller. Trent Muller. <laughs> uh, no, that's actually like a deep, har- deep house artist. <laughs> uh, but in 1996, uh, Maersk became the largest shipping operator in the world with its acquisition of Eek Ben Container Line, mm. which is a really weird name and spelling. I, I, honestly, I'm kind of glad that they acquired it so that it would go away. Yeah, it's, it's not a good name. name. <laughs> no, it's not not good at all. Um, in 1999, Maersk acquired SAF or Safe Marine, uh, which got them 50 <laughs> vessels with 80,000 uh, TEU, which is basically the number of containers that the ship mm. uh, can hold at maximum. Right. So it could hold eighty. Was they could total, hold eighty thousand total containers. Uh, units. Yes. Total, units. Uh, units. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a twenty foot equivalent unit. That's what TEU stands for. Oh, twenty foot equivalent. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, which makes sense for containers. Okay. Yes, because okay, okay, okay. they're twenty feet. Right. Um, I clearly read the notes. Yeah. And yes. Safe Marine was a South Africa based company, so you know those guys are good. Mm-hmm. Formed in eighteen forty six, so you really know they're good. They're oh, yeah. good dudes. Extra good. Solid. Very solid dudes. Good people. Uh, the like. same year, it acquired Sealand, uh, 70 vessels and 200,000 TEU, mm-hmm. uh, which was the that American company that operated the very first container ship. Mm-hmm. So they got the first container ship company. How about that? That's well, well. pretty fucking wild. Uh, in 2003, uh, the two holding companies... Oh, my God. This is going to be fucking hilarious for me. Oh, trying to hell this. yeah. Let's see this. Let's hear it. Dampskibsil Skabit. Uh, that sounds pretty Danish. I think I got it actually. Dam dam skibsel skabit Svendborg. Dam skibsel skabit Svendborg. A slash S. And dam skibsel skabit up uh, off. How, how are you saying nineteen twelve in Danish? Nineteen twelve. Nineteen twelve. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, so those two companies with their goofy ass names are merged to form AP Moller Mersk, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Mersk uh, current company, yep. the main company. Yep. Um, and that's that's the two Mullers um, that each started the respective halves of Mersk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Mersk Muller, and one is just Muller. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Cool. Uh, Barely not related. <laughs> in uh, in 2005, Mersk Sealand, which was the shipping part of the business, controlled 12% of the international shipping market, while P&O, the company we mentioned earlier, controlled 6%. So when Mersk Sealand acquired P&O, it changed the name of its shipping business to Mersk Line, Controlling eighteen percent of the market with six hundred thousand TEU Shit. and thirteen thousand employees. 
Um, and that's just for the shipping market. Uh, they had employees in other sectors as well. Right. Um, highlighting the uh, very real competitive dimension of capitalism, uh, by the end of 2006, its global market share had already dropped 2% to 16%. So only one year later, yeah. um, some other companies had uh, conquered parts of the shipping market mm-hmm. and made Maersk lose some market share. Man. It's um, rough only controlling 16% of the global shipping yeah, industry. Geez. Yeah, that's fucking, nothing. What a hardship. It's fucking rat shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last thing I have here is in uh, 2015. This really isn't origin at all, but okay. In 2015, uh, Maersk performed worse than expected, so it laid uh, 4,000 employees off. It, it got 4,000 employees laid and <laughs> laid off another 4,000 uh, and canceled 35 voyages, promising to cut administrative costs by $350 million. Um, and then in 2017, this one, this one rolls. Uh, so if you don't know what ransomware is, first of all, uh, it's basically where, uh, hackers will, uh, infiltrate your computer and lock it down in some way and threaten to like delete your files or like expose generally because a middle manager was clicking on porn. Yeah. Reveal your porn history. Right. Um, like, you know, hey, buddy. tell everyone that you've we been watching, you. uh, you know, uh, brother fucks mom and stepsister right. videos goat farm on, uh, on X hamster. What? So yeah, I would never do that. So you gotta, you gotta pay, you gotta pay uh, some money so that they don't do that. So in 2017, Merck was taken for in a ransomware attack for 250 million dollars. God damn! Which is that's it's, a crazy amount. What's funny is that's like roughly what two-thirds uh, of like the administrative costs they tried to save a couple years before like they they got fucking scammed out of a yeah. fuck ton of money that they <laughs> laid off four thousand employees to save what the fuck because somebody clicked on some fucking porn or something yeah. you know? <laughs> like open a fucking attachment <laughs> so that's kind of its origins not a great mm. origin story because again i did not do enough work on these notes, uh, but I did <laughs> well, more work I mean, than you I guys did. did less, so, <laughs> honestly, hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the last thing I'll say is they uh, they have an energy division, and according to its official LinkedIn page, mm-hmm. um, including the standalone energy division, mm-hmm. Maersk employs roughly eighty eight thousand employees across operations in one hundred and thirty countries. That's half the fucking world. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Probably all the important ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the important ones. Right. Wink, wink. The non-landlocked ones, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I kind of wonder, like, how many how many of the, what, world's like 200-something countries, uh, states, are On accessible coast. by water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably most of them right yeah. there. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Also, I looked it up, and... Um, the number of federal employees in the wa- in the Washington D.C. area okay. is roughly two hundred thousand. So if Maersk like wanted to out administer the federal government in D.C., they might have a chance. They're almost they're almost a third of the way there, or yeah. they're over a yeah, third of the yeah. way there. They, they have enough <laughs> employees to potentially contend with like Congress. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of starting the yeah, uh, fantasy league. You know, Mersk getting in contact with Maersk and, yeah. and starting the uh, Maersk Lesotho division. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. There may not be much water there, right? Uh, but they do have some some transient ponds, right? Right. And you well, can probably we should, ship on those in you know 
June and July. Exactly. I mean, what Maersk needs to do is start building trebuchets. Yeah. Okay, that'd be good. Yeah. Or uh, I was actually thinking about this when we were outside. What if I started a company? Because you were talking about all this port congestion and how there's right. in oh, some yeah. places there were yeah, ships yeah, yeah. sitting there for like months. Right. Uh, what if instead of using cranes to unload the containers on the ships, you mm. used helicopters? Helicopters. Then you wouldn't even have to go to a port. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure, like you know, with the fracking boom mm-hmm. still happening, right? Yeah. Um, probably pretty negligible cost. I'm sure you could run a helicopter off of natural gas. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or I'm not an expert in aerospace. <laughs> I only tried to be for my first couple years of college, but. <laughs> I'm not good at physics, so that didn't work out. Uh, anyway, oh, right. yeah. speaking of physics, how about the impact oh, shit. of Maersk? I mean... It's like I a pretty know. good physics joke, right? <laughs> you know, ballistics and such. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, some of the environmental aspects from 2007 to 2014, and mainly due to slow steaming, which I'll explain in a second... Oh, yeah. Uh, Maersk Line reduced its CO2 emissions by 40%, or 11 million tons. About the same reduction as the rest of Denmark. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean... Their emission reductions were comparable to a sizable European country. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, now I'm curious... And one of those Scandinavian countries that actually gives a fuck about reducing their emissions. Right. Which is... Damn. They, They may be the dirtiest swampiest of the scandinavians but they still count yeah as something um so that means that their total emissions prior to that was 27.5 megatons and currently sits at 16.5 megatons um Mm -hmm. and uh so to explain slow steaming Mm -hmm. that just means slowing the ships down Mm. So it, it adds some time to the trip, but it also like reduced fuel costs by a huge amount because the engine can run in a more efficient regime. Right. right. Um, and that's actually, I was reading an article about the shipping congestion problem. Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas to deal with it is actually to have this like wireless network for the port that would tell um, cargo ships when there would be an open berth uh, and if it's okay if it's too far in the future they can slow down their ships that makes which sense. would actually further that reduce their emissions right um and then they wouldn't have to sit there at anchor waiting yeah. for shit yeah um because that'll fuck things up pretty bad yeah um so obviously Maersk has a huge as the largest shipping operator in the world it has a huge climate impact yep it's probably one of those hundred corporations that yeah that all those reports are talking about i wouldn't be surprised honestly I, yeah. I didn't. I, I don't remember if I saw it on the list or not because I kind of skimmed the list. But I mean, basically, it was like at the top of the list were all these like actual fossil fuel companies, you know? Because of course. But right after that was like yeah, a bunch of like I think shipping and other yeah. shit. You I know? mean, I'm sure that the number one or close to number one has to be just the U.S. military. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Of course, these were companies as defined by. Liberal right, economics yeah. and so yeah, it was like yeah, company, from I the guess government. It can't be a military, ha ha ha. But yeah, the military right. like fucking destroys shit yeah. just by because I guess China would probably be really high up there too. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Chinese government. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, another impact. Um, I guess it's not specific to Maersk, but uh, it is specific to the modern competitive shipping industry that's been built up by companies like Maersk. 
apparently there's an arms race of building ever larger container ships. Oh, God. So, in 2012, the Maersk E-Class ships were the largest ships in the world. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, nearly 15,000 TEU, uh, mm-hmm. the containers of cargo mm-hmm. measure, uh, 15,000 TEU of space. Uh, it was later replaced with the triple E-Class starting in 2013, which could hold 18,000 containers. In 2014, the top spot for the largest cargo ship was taken by the CSCL Globe at 19,000 containers. And today, the top spots are held by the OOCL. I think it's Oriental Overseas Container Line. Line? Maybe. Labia? Uh, lab- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, container line. Okay, yeah, it's right there. It's right there on the uh, URL, son. Well, I was close. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, Ukul. Yeah, we'll call them Ukul. Those Ukul ships hold over twenty-one thousand containers of cargo. Uh huh. Which God damn, that's just fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. And well, of course. Uh, let's be let's be clear though. They can they they hold up over twenty-one thousand containers of cargo capacity. Right. Yeah. Up yeah. to that much cargo. Yes. But this is one of the issues in shipping. Yeah. Should I should I hammer on that for a second? Sure. All right. So one of the things that I read uh, when I was looking at um, some of Merck's like competitors and stuff, just like figure out the lay of the land. Um. So the context is that South Korea uh, has a massive stake in shipping as well, and this is one of the ways that they basically broke into the kind of quote unquote developed world status in the 20th century. Yeah, is that they build and uh, build, build ships and they um, run a shipping industry which is 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 pretty large so the Hanjin uh, I, I guess company um, which many of you may be aware of it's basically the Maersk of Asia mm-hmm. um, and you know it South Korea just like depends on this on this company uh, anyway um, so a few years ago a couple years ago, um, Hanjin ran into some trouble and basically, I, I don't remember exactly how it started, but they were suffering from what we call overcapacity in shipping. Right, row. Because um, both traditional and container shipping have this issue where like your ship is, you know, it's it's an asset, but it can also be a liability because if you're if you're using it for profit, if you're relying on it for profit and, and running your business, and and I guess even just run, relying on it for revenue, it's, you know, flat out. Um, having this rigid physical unit, mm. which functions and 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 produces revenue, more or less by being full to the brim of goods, which other people demand. Right. Right. Um, y- your your unit is is you can't <clears throat> you can't make it smaller or bigger. And so if you fill it too much, obviously it'll sink or it'll, it'll lose shit, yeah. you know, over the side. Or if it's, it's bigger than the load that you want to ship, then you... I love shipping fat loads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's nothing like it. Not, not, not a better feeling in the world. Um, but basically, uh, if you're consistently shipping uh, less than you can take then you have too much capacity. They call that overcapacity because Uh you're basically running a deficit by doing anything. Right. Right. Um, But 
it's like in blackjack where like you're like oh that that particular round was not so great my hand was not so great but i'll just yeah. double down and i'll just keep going i'll right. just keep gambling kind of like with all sorts of other financial problems uh or excuse me issues in like the stock market and other yeah. things you're like i'm just gonna wait for it to get better right right so they just kept waiting and trying and waiting and trying but their overcapacity led them into massive debt and essentially uh, there was, I don't remember if this was connected or not, but there was a month in, I think, 2015 where Hanjin did not receive a single order, a single <laughs> order in the entire month, which is now a that, fucking that disaster. Bad. That seems bad to me. Yeah. Is that bad? Pretty fucking bad. Okay. When you have to be basically constantly shipping yeah. and preparing to ship and uh yeah, and, i guess if you're a shipping business you like, want to do a lot of that stuff you wanted to be doing a lot yeah. of that yeah yeah so it's, it's, it's like the company itself was basically unemployed for a month yeah but yeah but because of the just-in-time kind of methods yeah then that's like all the money you can you want and need and have you right. know um but i bet they got really good at Fortnite. <laughs> right. during yeah, that time probably just sitting around like oh fuck you know Guess yeah I, I, heard, wanna... I heard some of the employees uh actually moved out of the industry into esports after that <laughs> zerg zerg rush <laughs> yeah <laughs> so hanjin was like fuck we got it we got to settle or, or, or something they, they they went into some kind of i forget if it was bankruptcy or something else and i don't know how like south korean laws work on this stuff um because you know every state is a little bit different but they went in and they're like, let's, you know, we, we think we're in the hole for about 5 billion U.S. dollars, right? It's like chapter 15 or 16. Damn. That's just insanity, yeah. right? I mean, they're a, they're, a, they're a major player. But apparently, actually, it was like more like chapter 34. <laughs> yeah. These guys, <laughs> they went in for five and they got their lawyers and their, and their accountants on, on it and, and, and started working with the authorities. And after everybody had dug through all the accounts that, that, that existed um, for this company, it turned out that it was actually over $10 billion in debt. Damn. Which is like just God awful. Yeah. Like, and so they, that's like 20,000 TEU of cash. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> like, Oh, that's a lot, you know? So they, 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 they did not fare so well. And Marisk, I think actually bought, uh, part of them okay. off. Um, but at the same time... Well, it wasn't in my origin section, so I don't think so. Yeah, well, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably, this is probably just apocryphal. I did very good research for this episode. Yeah, well, so did I. Yeah. Yeah, real good. Yeah. Real good, extra good. Um, But at the same time as they were suffering, apparently all of the other... I think it was just like a, a blip in the, in the world and, and trade radar. And you said this radar, was because you know? of like the port at Kuala Lumpur being like super backed up? I, I actually don't know okay. if this is related or Remind not. Remind us where that is. Is that Malaysia? Yeah, Kuala Lumpur okay. is the capital of Malaysia. And I okay. don't know if it was Kuala Lumpur or Singapore, but it was one of the Southeast Asian ports that because was of a Weeble severely song. backed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, basically, yeah, there was like a huge period of congestion and like congestion happens in like as we said like congestion happens in these kind of just in time yeah it's happening more and more I think. yeah because of because there's just more and more shipping going exactly on. the volume is so high oh and another uh mm -hmm. thing i should have mentioned for the environmental impact is this is just something i know off the off the top of my head mm -hmm. but um global shipping is actually responsible for like 90 percent of marine extinction oh yeah you'd think it would be fishing yeah like overfishing but it's right. actually because uh, edible fish are like a limited subset of all right. ocean life. Right, right. So 
Global, uh, international shipping kills stuff like whales and shit like that. Right. Well, because the whales keep trying to hug the ship and talk to it. Right. Yeah. The, and then the, you know part they, of the part of the problem with powered ships is their motors make a lot of noise. And, yeah. Uh, one thing about the ocean is it transmits noise really well. Yep. And a lot of really animals well. in there are, need sound mm-hmm. to see. Yep. Yep. Uh, Find their so way. they they hear like these the ship oh, noise blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, for like really fucking miles up. around. Yeah. In fact, I think I saw a study that said like whales go into something the equivalent of shock. Oh yeah, I when, heard about that. Which is like yeah, awful. when they get really close to yeah. these ships. Which is it's it is unique to powered ships. Yeah. You know, like sailing ships are just like whales. They're basically quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're a little confusing, obviously, to to sea creatures, but they're not like, bruh, bruh, bruh. Yeah. and then you're like, I can't fucking find my way around the living room. You know, like right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is just tragic. Okay. So what's next? So basically, time? if you're a real vegan, you will boycott shipping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead and invest. And I'm actually in, kind of serious about that. Go ahead and invest in <laughs> sail cargo. <laughs> yeah, let's just sail again. Yeah, yachts um, for everybody. Yachts, yachts. Yeah, yachts. I, I, I unironically believe that's the future. Really, yeah. I mean, we obviously we're gonna just... have to produce shit locally. We're not gonna have as much shipping, but for the shipping we do mm-hmm. need, let's mm-hmm. let's use sail ships. Yeah, seems pretty cool to me. But anyway, yeah. uh, so another impact. Mersk has multiple complaints about labor conditions in its work sites. Um, cool. So there were complaints at one of their sites in Dongqing. I I think it's Dongqing. It's Dongqing, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm not talking about the pronunciation. I'm talking about. I didn't actually check back on the page I was reading about this, so I may have gotten the oh, place completely wrong. Could be anywhere. Yeah, Could there be. might not even be a place called Dongqing, but. <laughs> that's what I wrote down. So after complaints about working conditions from the workers there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Maersk hired this company called Circe or Circea, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Danish work safety inspection agency mm-hmm. who investigated their site and uh, said, actually, it's fine. Uh, and it's above average <laughs> for China as a whole. So classic. No consultants. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, an agency that's being paid a lot of money to create a report for Maersk right. uh, naturally won't want to be too harsh. Right. Because it's their customer. Uh, exactly. If they have to hire them again, they'll want to be rehired. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and that's, you know, that makes them just kind of pitch softballs at them. So pretty much, yeah, yeah. Like, and, this is an easy one. This is maybe something you want to fix. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Right. Yeah. And so between that and the uh, national and ethnic ties between the two businesses, right. and and the separation from the workers in Dongqing who are Chinese, yeah. yeah. Probably never met as nobody at, at the Mersk headquarters has mm-hmm. met a single one of these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if um, race war is class war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, between these two, it, it's pretty easy to just like otherize the workers and you know, kind of ignore them. And so I think this shows that businesses like value the opinions and experience of other businesses mm-hmm. far more than those of their own employees because who knows the working conditions oh, yeah. better than the workers themselves? Right. No one. Yeah. You the, can't just like walk the in. Two hundred like, year old argument. <laughs> yeah, you can't walk in and look at look at shit and be like, hmm, "Yes, I know what it's like to work here. Right. It's actually good." Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Get out of your Rolls Royce, walk around for three minutes, and go back. Yeah, yeah. but really, uh, you know, as evidence shows, a, a business thousands of miles away that you that you pay uh, to tell you actually it's not so bad. They they know better. Yeah. Clearly, so. yeah. 
Yeah. That's what you paid him for. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that the thing that I said was it's exactly what, what your comment was. Too, yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I didn't even yeah. read it. <laughs> Look, the fact that we both agree means it's got to be right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So last bits here. Yeah, we're cleaning up real quick because we want to go to this wobbly thing later. Yeah. Um. So comparison to uh, the other topics that we covered, the VOC oh, yeah. and the Phoenicians. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that I really got to here was the military industrial aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, there's not really a Maersk military branch. They don't have like a academy or XC or Blackwater <laughs> right, part. Right. Um, and they don't have to. Yeah. So uh, an example of it not having a military is in 2008, Somali pirates hijacked the Maersk, Alabama kind of a funny name to name a yeah I, Danish ship, I, Alabama. I stopped when i read that <laughs> i was like the what <laughs> maersk alabama maersk alabama <laughs> they probably uh, just called it marama <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so somali hi- uh, pirates hijacked the ship and took the passengers and crews hostages mm-hmm. uh the incident was the subject of a movie i Never had the slightest interest in seeing, which is Captain Phillips. You may no, have heard of that. I haven't seen it either. I just, I saw yeah. the trailer and was I was like, Tom, I think I get Tom the Hanks? idea. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, of course. Captain Phillips. I used to love Tom Hanks. Well, he used know, to be my favorite actor. Things. Yeah. One um, one year for Christmas, one of my relatives, mm-hmm. they knew that I loved Tom Hanks. They got yeah. me like five Tom Hanks movies. Oh my God. Yeah, they got me like Forrest Gump, um, Catch Me If You Can. I think that's one of them. Yep. Um, which he's catching Leo. Probably my favorite of the ones they, they gave me. You should call it Catching Leo and make it into like a gay romance. Yeah. And then like uh, <laughs> Castaway and some other one. I don't remember what the other one was, but yeah, that was a pretty good gift, I think. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't like all VHS copies of When Harry Met Sally or something, you know, <laughs> or like Splash. I would have been a little young for that one, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Most people know the story of the hijacking because mm-hmm. everyone's seen that movie. So there's two boats. Everyone. Right? It starts with two boats. Yeah. <laughs> two boats enter. Yeah. Two boats leave, but only one of them has crew on it. <laughs> <laughs> and also oh, there was God. another boat involved from yes. the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the hijacking but ended with uh, <laughs> U.S. Navy uh, walruses or dugongs or whatever they're called. Uh, they just sniped the pirates, mm-hmm. which is kind of fucked up because it's the like, pirates did nothing wrong, honestly. Yeah. Pretty sure they didn't kill anyone. I don't remember them reading reading about them killing anyone. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure that Tom Hanks would have disapproved. Yeah, of well, sniping. You know, these, Tom Hanks talked to a volleyball. These aggressive so sea merchants. Who cares what that fucking idiot thinks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those pirates were probably just trying to sell them some Venezuelan oil. Yeah, in one liter bottles. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I just noticed something that we did not mention uh, with respect to what Maersk is now or the uh, arms race between the sizes of the ships. But today mm. Maersk has 786 ships with 4.1 million uh, TEU capacity. Damn. So it's a, if you recall in it's what was lot. it? Two, 2006, they had like 200,000 or something like that. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. That's uh yeah, Where 2005, is. they controlled, yeah, 18% of them. Okay, yeah, 600,000 TEU in yeah. 2005. Jesus Christ. And so now they have 4.1 4. million. million. So that's... What the fuck? That's seven times Where did they, the did capacity. They just, are they just... What? 
and it's almost terrifying. I, I think it's, like, it's mainly through mergers, um, but oh, also through yeah, yeah. they have been doing also all that. definitely through you know expansion with with the ships because they have you know that they had those two new classes of ships after that. Right. No, that um, makes sense. Yeah, which were yeah. the world's biggest ships for a long time. Yeah. So they're, as you might say, differentially accumulating. Yes, indeed they are. Uh, through mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, that's not even close to where we were. Okay, is there anything else that we have? Here's your Hanjin thing. Yeah, Whoops. we touched on Hanjin. That was whatever the fuck that was. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so no military because right. Don't they got hijacked anymore. by pirates and the, the U.S. Navy had to take care of it. Yep, because... The U.S. is just the official world police. Yeah. As long as you're a business. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're white. Yeah. Ish. They're kind of like the Marines in One Piece, actually. Yeah. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If there were just less land. Floating around fucking with people. If yeah. there were less land, there would be very little yep. Air Force, very little yep. Army. It would yep. just be the, the Marines and the Navy. Yeah. And they'd basically be like the Marines in just One Piece. Running around doing that shit. Crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Terrible. Yeah. So Danish people are damp. Um, that's that's our that's lesson. Um, yes. Uh, let's see. Any uh, what conclusions can we draw from this? Since we seem to be petering out already. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're trying to get out of here soon, and yeah, it's been we, a we long got, week. We got a little bit of time. We got enough time. A long week of doing almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of like, like how would we compare it to a VOC or a uh, you know Phoenician? I think uh, Tyrian purple shipper. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I think that if we look at those two sort of thalassocracies, if you will, um, each one represented its era pretty well. Yeah. Where like the Phoenicians, um, sorry, they represented their era or their or their kind of uh, their zeitgeist pretty well, as well as also embodying what it means to be a thalassocratic power. Yeah. Right. So that. They're this kind of modular, somewhat um, far-flung uh, network yeah. of of workers and managers and CEOs and whatever the fuck else they have, and and they rely on these very physical, um, kind of capacity-based, uh, you know, logistics-based um, um, channels of power and expressions of power, and their mm-hmm. competition is sort of centered on that because that's what that's their bread and butter. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the, the zeitgeist was like, you know, for the Phoenicians, it was a lot of like um, ethnostate stuff. And, uh, you know, you couldn't go too much further than the Mediterranean in yeah. that case. Like, but they basically dominated what that was. Um, in any case, in any of these cases, everybody's limited by the technology they're using to achieve right. their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they're exploiting fucking everything they can get their hands on as yeah. they go. One thing I wish we had found for the VOC episode was yeah. um, how they like, like what technologies they needed to manage a company yeah. at such a, a far distance. Yeah. Because the Phoenicians were in their own territory. Right. But the right. VOC were far away yeah. from their territory. Yeah. They basically so had be to go continents away. Thing to look into. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously today, you know, the advent of radio and internet mm-hmm. and even just postal services, which I think were an invention of the 
18th, 19th centuries. Basically. Yeah. I mean, as, as we know them. Yeah. yeah. Like up until then, I think it was just like, you just got somebody to agree to, uh, take a message for you or you paid them to do it or whatever. Yeah. You know, well, I was reading find in, who you one want of, uh, to receive in it. Graber's book, the utopia mm-hmm. of rules who, by the way, I'm I'm, mad, I'm still mad at David Graber right now, but, um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, uh, he, he pointed out that, um, postal services are a lot of the time were like a military innovation because they were used oh, yeah. for military that, communications. Because again, a war is won or lost on logistics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, um, and speaking of logistics and class war, <laughs> shipping and yeah. thalassocracy obviously are going to be a part of that. So, yeah. So, well, let's see. Phoenicians VOC versus Maersk. Yeah. I mean, Maersk, how many employees do we say the VOC had it was like 35,000 at its peak I think so so quite a few so Maersk has Maersk has it beat but yeah in terms of the total world population probably a smaller fraction yeah that's probably true yeah um so in terms um, of the workforce but in terms of like yeah. how many countries they operate in exactly not even close right Maersk is not absolutely close. fucking dominant um I, and I think <clears throat> I would I guess I wouldn't call Maersk a Thalassocracy obviously per because se. yeah right. because it doesn't have a it doesn't have its own military it's not really right. directly part of the state right the danish aren't particularly powerful they they right. dominate in shipping right but that's really but, all but that's the thing right is this is what we've been talking about with um the kind of coextensive relationship uh, i probably use that word too much coextensive but like yeah the the kind of uh, the bedfellows relationship of the state and business as we know it, yeah. you know, capitalist business is that like Maersk is as a corporation, a kind of a free riding and sort of, f- um, free trading, if you will, uh, independent or semi-independent bureau of a state or a collection of states. Yeah. Right. That is used probably at times as like a middleman or a proxy, mm-hmm. and at times as like a more or less a direct arm of, say, the Danish government. Yeah, you know, to enrich itself. But I also think, and kind of what I was getting at was, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of modern political economy, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. concept of of a nation kind of breaks down a little bit because. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that Maersk is operating primarily with the kroner. Well, right. Who the exactly. fuck uses that? Right. You know, they it's operate in all these different very countries. very thoroughly transnationalized. Yeah. When a, yeah. when a business operates in another country, yep. it uses the current, the local currency, unless right. that country is not, doesn't have right. a sovereign currency. Right. And is like, like Venezuela uses right, the U.S. Right. dollar. Yep. Yep. Um, Where they so they could operate with the U.S. dollar. Currency. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Maersk isn't really explicitly Danish. It's right. it's truly multinational. Exactly. And then the other aspect of it is the, that military aspect where the U.S. military is protecting mm-hmm. global commerce. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, everyone that? like all global businesses are part of the U.S. state. Exactly. Because the the U.S. state is the one that's actually allowing them to yep. become dominant at all. Yep. Yep. Um, so without that, there's no way that Maersk would survive if it didn't have mm-hmm. a military of its mm-hmm. own, and it and the Danish military wasn't protecting it. There's no way that yep. it could be, it could be controlling 16 percent of all shipments in the world. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's it's you know ca- capitalism um, and and like mafia style business and governance are basically the same. You know. Mm-hmm. So if you have a capitalist state. Um, then it will behave more or less as a mafia and 
if it has an international reach, as the U.S. obviously does, then it will do its best to create informal but powerful relationships uh, in which other productive parties and organizations are beholden to it, even if it's just like, even if the obligation only exists in the mind of the United States government, right? Yeah. But then it's able to enforce that because it can threaten, you know, and that's very a mafia as well. Right. You know, where it's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, you know, we're here to uh, protect you yeah. and you're going to give us our protection money. Right. And it's very, very clear how that works. But we have this thing called economics, which befuddles people about what exactly is going on there. So I think the last thing that I have is something that I already touched on earlier, which is that, um, you know, shipping networks used to be basically direct creations of the state. Um, there, there wasn't any such thing as a freight forwarder. So right. Yeah. One of the distinctive characteristics of, Mm -hmm. of capitalist states is the kind of more open. I wouldn't say open access because you still need capital, Mm -hmm. but the more open access to, parts of industry so you can kind of hook into a part of industry without being directly part of the state you know you're right. an indirect part of the state as a you know, corporation or small right. business or whatever yeah but um that and the fact that there's competition between different shipping companies yep which um you know the one thing that you know normal ass economists are right about is that uh competition fosters strong businesses yeah not for the reasons that they think exactly right but it does do not in a way that promotes human rights or like the dignity of man yeah just for like through the through the gauntlet of companies trying to destroy each other they end up becoming powerful exactly and know how to best exert political influence with what the resources that they have at their disposal exactly yeah it's a fucking video game yeah yeah uh do you have anything else no i mean like i feel like we've we've covered everything that matters uh for this topic um and we're trying to get out of here too yeah so i guess in conclusion uh shut down all the ports and yeah longshoremen unite um and then also start helicopter uh you know transshipment businesses yeah um probably make a lot of money doing that that's right heli person unionizing yeah would be cool sell me stock (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. beforehand <laughs> all right um that was the show if you enjoyed that check out our other episodes at neighborscience.podbean.com yep and watch that sketch we post it's hilarious yeah yeah um follow us on twitter at neighborscipod mm-hmm. i'm at handle of rye chris is at solidarity goth yep we're on instagram at neighborscience facebook.com slash neighborscience and check out our patreon which i'll put a link for in the description yep Okay, bye. Bye.